There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome to the show, my good friends. Saturday night, Hi-Fi Radio is what we call it. Yes, a little fidelity is always weaved in to the high finance talk that we are about to offer you for the next one hour. Get comfy, get a pen or a pencil or your little flip phone (laughs) and take some notes. And uh, Jack and I, of course, are going to do our best to equip you with some knowledge, well, to empower you. And uh, money is knowledge, my good friends. Knowledge is power. It's all one and the same. And it's a pleasure, of course, to be spending Saturday evening with you. Uh, Of course, COVID-19 continues and... uh, Before the election, after the election, I'm talking vaccination now. My guess is after the election, a couple of clinical trials got put on hold this week. Uh, I believe it was Eli Lilly and I think Johnson & Johnson. But who better to ask those details than our very own analyst uh, in the health science sector, Mr. Max Masucci. Uh, Max, good good evening to you, my good friend. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. That's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So Max focuses on the life sciences. Uh, very timely for your career, my good friend. Boy, oh boy, to be hit with a global pandemic. Uh, I, I guess that's a good career builder for you if you can come up with some good ideas, which you, of course, always uh, are able to do. Why don't we start with um, uh, clinical trials for a uh, vaccine um, being put on pause. I think one uh, one patient had a very adverse reaction to uh, one of the test studies. Can you uh, speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So my coverage includes diagnostic testing companies, both in oncology and infectious disease. But you're right, very timely um, moment to be covering diagnostics and infectious disease during a global pandemic. As it relates to the connection between the COVID-19 vaccine and diagnostic testing, I think it's very important to note that a COVID vaccine is likely to be, to some degree, similar to a traditional flu vaccine in terms of its effectiveness. And a, a flu vaccine can be you know, anywhere from 40 to 50% protective. So when a vaccine is widely available, we think that COVID-19 testing more for asymptomatic individuals will probably would probably be the first to decline, and COVID nineteen testing in the hospital setting for sicker and symptomatic patients uh, would have a longer runway. But um, with that being said, the the vaccine you know development is its own timeline. Manufacturing is another, and distribution of a vaccine is, is another timeline to take into consideration. So we continue to, to think that the runway for COVID-19 diagnostic testing is still a bit underappreciated. No, it's very fascinating because, uh, again, you're, you're hearing stories of governments purchasing a vaccine, yet the, the, the item that they're purchasing has yet to go through stage three trials and giving us giving the world um, proper scientific um, uh, efficacy data. Uh, so how can you purchase something that is not necessarily proven yet, Mac? Yeah, it, it, it's a good question. And I, I think that it's just important. It's, it's critical to understand that before there is major progress on the vaccine and therapeutic front, that diagnostic testing is 
you know, the global tool to fight against this pandemic. And so I, I do think that it brings comfort to the masses knowing that we continue to make progress on a vaccine and a therapeutic. But I think that, for example, the United States purchase of 150 million uh, rapid COVID-19 tests from Abbott is a, is a sign that, uh, you know, uh, down here in, in the U.S., they at least have a better understanding today of the value that, that diagnostic testing can play in uh, reducing the amount of, um, I guess you could call it at this point, hotspots that may pop up. And so, you know, while while it's it's important for the public to remain updated on the progress in vaccines and therapeutics, uh, there there continues to be a commitment to to diagnostic testing, which is, you know, in, in my opinion, the the best and most effective tool to manage the pandemic right now. No, brilliant statement indeed, and it, it certainly has crossed my mind. I guess yours as well, Jack. Uh, gee whiz, I. I probably should get tested, although I, I personally continue to uh, social distance. And you're obviously adhering to the same policy, aren't you, Jack? Absolutely, Wolf. And, uh, you know, the one big issue that we have up here in Ontario, and I'm sure it's globally as well, is testing capacity. Um, I think we're probably around 40,000 uh, tests today. And, you know, the government's um, changed, I guess, the, the criteria for go- going out and getting tested. But uh, Max, in terms of uh, testing capacity, what are you seeing out there? And then what, what do you anticipate as we head into uh, the flu season? Yeah, so it's, it's just important to understand that at, at the beginning of this pandemic, from a capacity standpoint, uh, we were not where we need to be. And so capacity has been building for COVID testing in multiple different channels. The first would be in, in a larger central laboratory, like say a Quest Diagnostics and a LabCorp where you have higher complexity, um, higher volume, uh, higher, larger instrumentation. So that's the, that's the first setting that's important to understand, um, sort of send out testing to a, a central laboratory. The second would be in the hospital setting. So instruments and tests that are actually run on site in a hospital lab. And then the last channel would be, you know, say, an urgent care center or a physician office um, or any test, that, test result that can be delivered at the site of the patient. If you're, if you're evaluating test capacity, it's important to evaluate test capacity in each of these specific channels. And a call that we've been that we've been making is that the test capacity in the hospital lab setting. So, for example, a clinician being able to take a, a patient sample, run it down to their hospital lab, get a result in one and a half to two hours. That specific channel continues to be to be undersupplied, and so the companies that are that are providing tests to that particular channel are are benefiting disproportionately well. But across the board, we do continue to see capacity constraints. A lot of uh, a lot of customers are on allocation, so they can only receive a, a set number of tests, even if they request more. Uh, and, and I think that that speaks to, to the runway for this testing opportunity, even even in the in the presence of a vaccine and whatnot. If you're just tuning into the show, it's Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. It's a show about money. I'm a money manager. My name Wolfgang Klein. My partner. Jack Hartle. Uh, by the way, if you have any questions for Jack or I, you can always visit our website, WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, we are transparent. We are responsive. We care about your financial health. If we take care of you, the world will take care of us. And that's the name of the game. You first take care of your 
financial needs. Uh, Max Masucci has joined us uh, this evening. Of course, Saturday night it is greatest night of the week. Uh, Max is a life science analyst. We're talking about the space around COVID-19 vaccination and, of course, testing. Um, Max, why don't we uh, pivot into uh, some of your best investable ideas um, right here, right now. And as I ask you that, uh, I also want to speak a little bit about evaluation because certain uh, COVID stocks have gone to the moon. Uh, Are they still investable at these levels? Yes. Uh, I would say an astounding yes would be my answer to that question. And what has been interesting has been some of these, you know, I guess you could call them COVID-19 testing stocks that really ripped higher in the earlier days of the pandemic have cooled off a bit as investors try to understand, you know, when a vaccine is available, will there be a COVID-19 testing revenue cliff? Will there be a big drop off? What is the long runway for opportunity here? And the companies that I believe are very interesting and that should be should be evaluated are the companies that are not just trying to juice their near-term results due to COVID testing revenues and maybe taking their eye off the ball for other other tests within their menu, but companies that are using COVID-19 as a way to change the long-term trajectory of their business. You know, driving instrument placements for COVID-19, but eventually expand, expanding that customer to uh, to also be using uh, additional tests within the menu. And so there's a there's a real trade-off here because some investors want to see companies juice near-term COVID testing revenues. Others are concerned about a COVID testing uh, revenue cliff. And I think it's about finding companies that are using COVID-19 to strengthen the long-term trajectory of their of their business. And the company within my coverage that I believe has been doing a great job on that front is Genmark Diagnostics, GNMK. Genmark began the year by launching a single target COVID test. So a test that can tell you, yes, you have COVID or no, you do not have COVID. And this test was run in the hospital lab setting on sick and symptomatic patients. But over the past quarter, they've transitioned many of their customers from that single target COVID test to a multi-target respiratory panel that can, from a single sample, test patients for for over 20 different respiratory diseases, including COVID-19. And so this is a way that Genmark is avoiding a COVID-19 testing revenue cliff and positioning their business for long-term success. You listen to Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Saturday night. Why not talk money, eh? Uh, Max Masucci has joined us. We're talking COVID-19 testing instruments. MedTech is a big part of healthcare and it stays out of the crosshairs of uh, politics, uh, a.k.a. not a big pharma stock, often a nice place to invest because it's relatively steady. And, of course, COVID-19 has created opportunities. Valuations matter. Uh, Companies uh, have runway uh, is what we are talking about. Uh, Max knows the space of life sciences. We're going to spend more time with Max after this commercial break. Please. Stay tuned. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. 
Good evening, my good friends. Saturday night, the show, Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money. And, well, i like to weave in some tunes for you. Uh, Max Masucci has joined us on the line. Uh, he is an analyst uh, with Canada Ingenuity, uh, his specialty, Life Sciences. Um, Max also has a, uh, is it a major or a minor in Italian? A minor in Italian. A minor in Italian. Isn't it interesting how uh, your ancestors uh, really were the epicenter of COVID? Um, I, I remember going to a hockey game with my son. I guess it was last January as the outbreak was just unfolding in Italy. And uh, the world really took notice, uh, globally took notice, and uh, the alarm bells went off and, and measures were put into place. But uh, tell me something, Max. Again, it's interesting when COVID is now beginning to hit home for many of us. Uh, of course, when it hit uh, your, uh, your your heritage, uh, that certainly hit home for you. Did, did, did it affect any of your relatives back home? Luckily, it, it did not. But, you know, I, I think that it's, it's uh, important to remember that COVID-19 is not just a problem in North America. It's a global problem, and so for for companies that are providing solutions, you know those that are providing COVID testing not just to the U.S. or North America, those that are also providing solutions globally, you know also do have have a long runway for for testing because you know this uh, COVID nineteen is uh, it's it's a uh, it's a terrible disease. It's not this is not going to be a disease that will go away overnight. Um, but you know what we can do is continue to build the tools necessary to fight against it. Well, no, very very well put. Uh, speaking with Kathleen, my bride and partner in life, uh, last evening, and she said again, Wolfgang, there's going to be four waves, uh, perhaps of COVID, uh, similar to the uh, Spanish flu. Here we are globally. Uh, doing our best to embrace the second wave, which is to be the largest of the four waves. But um, have you, uh, you, again, you're speaking with the experts in the space on a daily basis, Max. Can you perhaps speak to what I just said, four waves? And, and, and his, based on the science, um, how long of a period uh, will it take for those four waves to play out? Yeah, it's it's uh, very important because the runway for you know the COVID trade is always top of mind. Um, many of the experts that I've spoken to, including some of the largest diagnostics companies in the world, uh, including Roche Diagnostics, have have indicated that they view COVID nineteen the COVID nineteen testing opportunity to be at least a three-year opportunity. And that is that is with taking into consideration and um, and that also takes into consideration a vaccine being available. And so the number three years is one that, that has come up in many of my conversations. Uh, and, and just given how quickly the disease can spread, and given the asymptomatic nature of the disease in, in, in many cases, it makes it a very tricky disease to get uh, under control. And so three years, even with a vaccine, you know, is uh, a number that we've heard. And I think another interesting data point 
to you know to to put to that number is if the vaccine for COVID-19 is similar to a traditional flu vaccine and say it's 50% protective and 50% of say the United States adopts 50% of 50% would imply 25% protection even with a vaccine and so that really um, is a good way of visualizing um, you know how long the duration of this of this testing opportunity may be. And again, as you say that, I, I, the first notion to my mind is how many deaths will the world have to uh, endure uh, before we get to that point of, uh, I guess, normalcy. And, and again, I have to say, I, I've been led to believe that the, the world here in North America is sort of has a timeline as follows. Early next year, we get a vaccine by late summer. It should have tapered off a little bit. And by fall of next year, perhaps Jack and I can return to Bay Street. Um, and, and I've been scratching my head. See, that seems a little quick to me. And you've shed some good light on that. Uh, the, the risk, you believe, remains for about a three-year period. I, I think that it's what's, what's important to note here is that we now are improving our test capacity and and data data would show that stringent and effective testing protocols can help to avoid larger scale outbreaks and mm-hmm. it can contain them within smaller areas and so if we continue to test in a stringent fashion you know we you know we will be able to progress towards our next phases of reopenings, but that will require discipline, uh, that will re- require a, a uh, you know, a making um, changes to the way that we live our lives, both socially and, pro- and professionally. And so um, I don't think that it will be, th- you know, three years before you and Jack return to Bay Street. I think that with an adequate um, testing protocol, with uh, you know safe behavior, and then eventually the introduction of widely available vaccines and therapeutics, it can be it can be quicker than that. But with that being said, this disease will linger, and the, and there will continue to be testing. And also, COVID nineteen, the symptoms associated with COVID nineteen can be easily confused with other respiratory diseases. And so, you know, if there is what will be driving testing will be any suspicion of COVID-19 versus the actual reality and numbers. And so that's why, you know, as we enter the flu season in, in North America this year, uh, we, we believe that that tests panels that can test for multiple different respiratory diseases and differentiate between COVID-19 and, say, flu A and flu B will be very valuable. Do you uh, think, uh, Jack, I'm just asking you anecdotally, uh, do you think, Jack, more people are going to get their flu vaccine this year with COVID uh, being the backdrop for uh, the state of uh, healthcare right now? Well, I'm, I'm not a medical expert, but I've always got my, my flu vaccine. Um, and, you know, you don't expect it to be 100% effective. But net-net, uh, I do think that there's going to be a push for the government um, to make sure that people do get that flu vaccine. So hopefully we can uh, reduce the capacity that's required uh, for the, the testing of, of COVID. So um, like Max said, there's a lot of 
um, it's, it's difficult to tell between which type of uh, respiratory illness you have. And if we can reduce it by uh, getting our flu shot, I think it's you know upon all of us to, to go out and do that. One of, one of the uh, sectors that our, that our strategists uh, have been encouraging Jack and I to invest a little more money in, and certainly for the longer term, has been the healthcare sector. It's a privilege to have Max Masucci on air with us uh, this Saturday night uh, as we are uh, grappling with uh, the ongoing challenges uh, of COVID-19. Um, Max's thesis is testing is a big component in getting this disease under control. Uh, his first idea he shared with us was correct, Genmark, uh, symbol G-N-M-K. Um, Max, give us another idea that Jack and I can do some more research on. Yeah, absolutely. So in that same hospital lab setting, there's a smaller company, and it's called T2 Biosystems, ticker T-T-O-O. And the call on that stock would be similar to Genmark. You know, there continues to be a, a, a shortage of tests that are conducted in a hospital lab setting, which is which is normally used on symptomatic and sick inpatients, patients that are staying overnight. This type of testing is very different from a rapid uh, asymptomatic screen. So say uh, the, the 150 million Abbott, rapid Abbott tests that the United States purchased, those are generally used in larger population level screening um, situations, whereas tests that are used in the hospital lab are used on symptomatic and sick inpatients that are presenting with you know, one or more symptoms that could be COVID or could be something else. And so within that hospital lab setting, T2 Biosystems is another is another small cap company that we like. And then beyond that, we've seen other specialty laboratories that sell diagnostic tests in the areas of, of, of oncology uh, or areas outside of infectious disease. A lot of these companies have um, made adjustments to their to their labs and use their instrumentation to try to supplement and, and provide COVID testing. And so one of those companies is Exact Sciences, ticker EXAS, uh, $15.5 billion market cap. Um, exact Sciences generated COVID, COVID-19 testing volumes and revenues in Q2. And, you know, we expect them to generate a meaningful amount of COVID-19 testing revenues in Q3. And they're able to do that because a lot of their existing tests in oncology happen to run on instrumentation that is capable of running COVID tests as well. So labs that have extra capacity can dedicate that to COVID-19 testing uh, and sort of supplement uh, their revenue and, and offset any sort of decline that they see in their core business. Well, you know, thank you for that um, uh, lead there. Uh, exact Science uh, is a stock Jack and I held for a period of time, but uh, the volatility was a little more than I could tolerate. Um, uh, refresh my memory, is Exact Science not the company that uh, Jack and I called poop in a box? <laughs> yes, Exact Sciences uh, sells Cologuard, which is a, a stool-based test to screen for early-stage colorectal cancer. And Cologuard was was launched in, in 2014, and they did $2 million in sales of that product in 2014. In 2019, uh, they, they did $810 million in sales of Cologuard. So over, over a five-year period, um, that test went from you know, two million to eight hundred and ten million in in revenues, and the penetration 
of that test went from zero to five percent of their addressable penetration, which is where they stand. I've been watching this doc five or six percent. Yeah, no, I, I continue to watch exact science, and it continues to uh, champion higher. Uh, so there's a great example of a company with runway and able to uh, uh, help the global cause with its current infrastructure and capital at play uh, to participate in the uh, COVID-19 uh, race to defeat the deadly disease that we're all grappling with. Uh, the show is Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle. My partner, we are both portfolio managers. We help people like you have more wealth. Uh, we're surrounded by brilliance. Max Masucci is one of those brilliant individuals focusing on the life sciences space. Of course, COVID-19 front and center. He does a lot of work with companies who are involved in testing and diagnostics. Uh, but uh, let's dig a little bit deeper into his portfolio of coverage. Maybe get a few more good stock ideas from him. Again, friends at home, please always consult an expert. Um, do not go with yourself. This, this world gets a little bit complicated, and you need uh, additional expertise to help make rational decisions. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to quick break and get right back to you and help you with your money. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Saturday night, the show, Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle, my partner, helping you become wealthier. And indeed, if you have any questions for Jack and I, WolfgangKlein.com. Lots of tools, lots of information on our site uh, to help you uh, build wealth. Uh, please, you can always contact me or Jack. We are here for you. Any question, none of them too big, none of them too small. Uh, Max Masucci is an analyst. He's focusing on the life sciences space. Um, it is a space, I think, uh, worthy of attention. Uh, Baby boomers, of course, getting older. They always want to remain young. Testing, diagnostics, modern science. It's remarkable. It absolutely is a remarkable world we live in today. And what science is able to offer us in terms of helping protect us. Uh, Max, uh, again, let's continue uh, in your universe of stock. Um, uh, cancer, of course, uh, is a, a big part of your space. Why don't you speak to us about some of your uh, ideas to help battle cancer? Absolutely. And I, it's, it's, I, I can't stress enough the importance of um, you know, understanding that the mortality, if you evaluate the, the mortality uh, risk and rate of COVID-19 and, and you compare it to the mortality associated with delaying cancer care, uh, you're talking about a whole different ballgame. And so a delay in cancer care in the long run, you know, is, is likely to result in a much larger number of deaths than, than COVID-19, uh, obviously depend on how, th how things play out here. But um, we've had the opportunity to, to, to speak to, to several experts, uh, including the former FDA commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, at our conference in, in August. And, and one of the things that, that he said was that there are going to be certain diagnostic tests that can really um, guide more efficient patient care and also help doctors, clinicians, 
work through a backlog of built up, <clears throat> of built up and delayed cancer diagnoses. And so Dr. Gottlieb did specifically highlight Cologuard and Exact Sciences as as a tool to help um, primary care physicians and GI doctors continue to screen patients for colorectal cancer while colonoscopies you know, are, are continue to be disrupted. And, you know, there is a large backlog of, of over, you know, a million missed colonoscopies that built up in the U.S. in Q2 alone. And so for, uh, for clinicians to, you know, to have tools to be able to, that allow them to continue to screen patients while they work through that backlog is, is very important. And, and the other company that, that I would highlight is Garden Health, ticker GH, uh, about ten and a half billion market cap company. Garden Health has been a transformative company. It's a company that seeks to shift healthcare from a one-size-fits-all approach towards a personalized approach to cancer care that's based on an individual's unique biology and the unique bio- biology of somebody's disease and tumor. And it's so it's these types of, of, of tools that can drive efficiency uh, that are going to be absolutely critical as we navigate through a, a backlog of missed cancer diagnoses due to um, you know, individuals not being able to come in for colonoscopies and mammograms and things of that sort. Speak a little bit further, if you don't mind, Max, uh, about Garden Health. Specifically, what does the company offer and uh, what's its market opportunity? Yeah, so Garden Health's flagship Garden 360 test is used on advanced cancer patients, and the test can identify specific DNA mutations that an individual may have, that their cancer may have. So you and I may have the same type of, of say, colorectal cancer, but if I have a specific mutation and you don't, I may be more likely to benefit from a targeted therapy and you, you might not be uh, likely to benefit from that specific therapy. And so they might keep you on chemotherapy. And so what Garden Health does is it provides additional biological information to a clinician. And that information can be used to create a, a, a tailored treatment plan that is based on that individual's unique tumor and unique cancer, which is very different from, say, throwing everybody on chemotherapy, which is that one size fits all, you know, which is sort of that one size fits all approach that has been taken in the past. And so it's, it's truly um, a company whose mission is, is to drive, you know, what we call precision medicine forward. Interesting. We're going to have to circle back to those uh, names. Um, any final ideas for us, Max? Final thoughts uh, around uh, just being in front of election, <laughs> how the, uh, market and specifically your space is going to play out for the next 12 months? Yeah. See, I, I'm fortunate enough to, to cover a, an industry segment that features many companies that are minimally penetrated, have explosive growth, and that are creating markets of their own. And so a, the winning strategy, so to say, in my, in my particular industry segment has been you know, owning all companies that are benefiting from this sort of precision medicine megatrend. We have some companies like Garden Health that trade, you know, above 26 times forward revenues and exact exact sciences, which can be, you know, expensive on valuation. And so going into any given quarter, the companies, um, you know, are, are usually required to beat consensus by a decent amount. That can lead to, you know, what you've seen, volatility in stocks like exact sciences, 
but the long-term trend has has really been uh, up up and to the right. And so for longer-term ideas, you know, we continue to love Garden Health, continue to love Natera, ticker NTRA, Castle Biosciences, which is CSTL, um, as well as Quanterix, which is uh, an instrument company similar to Illumina. Um, and so given the, the minimal penetration and explosive growth, uh, these companies are, are really uh, great long-term bets, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I have to circle back to them without question. I, I, the weakness, my good friends, I have to embrace. Uh, make a note of that, Jack. Uh, these five names, specifically four names, uh, Exact Science, Garden Health, Nitera and Castle Biosciences. I've been watching Castle as well. Jack brought it to my attention after hearing you on one of the uh, – daily or morning conference calls that Jack and I participate on a daily basis at 7.30. So it's a treat for us to tune into Wall Street at 7.30. The energy is always incredible, even during this crisis. Max, uh, you're a very smart uh, young man. I appreciate your wisdom, uh, your foresight, and congratulations on, on really being in a very exciting uh, sector um, that, that is, is definitely going to help humans uh, survive this uh, god-awful crisis that we are in. Uh, remain safe. I, I can tell that you are. You're very smart about that. Uh, and I appreciate uh, your support and, and help on Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break and get back with our good friend Jamie Grasco, and we're going to talk about a currency, biblical in nature. You stay tuned. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is Saturday night. Hi-Fi Radio is the show. It's a pleasure to spend an hour with you. Just wonderful evening. I love Saturday nights, I have to say. Uh, did anyone catch that uh, TikTok um, piece? A uh, guy in a skateboard um, went viral and drinking ocean, uh, I think it was uh, ocean spray uh, cranberry cocktail. Yes. And, and yes. Teams. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so my wife showed it to me, and it's, I don't understand. Why did this go viral? It just did. Uh, they hit gold, or he hit gold anyways. Um, anyways, uh, my gold expert and very good friend, Jamie Crasco, uh, is going to spend some time with us. We're going to talk about gold. Jamie loves gold. And I have to open. I was looking at uh, our market technician, Javid Mirza's work uh, yesterday, and he highlighted the top 15 Canadian stocks and the bottom 15 Canadian stocks uh, on the TSX 300. And the top 15 stocks, Good golly, the bulk of them were gold or precious metal mining companies. At the bottom, you had a lot of oil companies. Um, and again, I'm going to open up with the commodity play is unfolding. Uh, I just purchased myself a new money pit home, beautiful lot, of course, and uh, an old classic Toronto home, stone front, very nice, cedar roof. Uh-oh, that's going to cost me a lot of money. And so I am in the process of getting a quote for a new cedar roof. And I won't need the roof until next spring, summer. Uh, and the uh, owner of the company said, no problem, I can give you a quote now. However, uh, due to potential inflation, uh, it may cost you more money. Currently, there's a shortage of cedar shingles. Uh, but the good news is you're currently getting COVID pricing. 
I said, is that good or bad? He said, oh, no, that's bad. COVID prices mean the price has already gone up, so I don't expect it to go up a whole lot more next year. But uh, there you have it. COVID pricing on some commodity names. Again, the home building trade has been doing very, very well. The stay-at-home theme, uh, hard to get a lot of trade people, and prices are going up. Um, Hard assets are linked uh, at the hip in many ways, uh, and a key factor to those assets is the value of the U.S. dollar. Simply put, U.S. dollar goes up, commodity prices go lower. Why? Because commodity producers tend to be in other jurisdictions who are then going to be paid in U.S. dollars. So if the U.S. dollar falls and I'm in Latin America uh, producing gold, I want to make sure I'm going to cover my costs and get what I need to, to, to make a dollar. And as such, if the U.S. dollar falls, I'm going to be paid in the U.S. dollar. I want more of them. Uh, conversely, uh, when the U.S. dollar rises, commodities fall. Uh, right here, right now, you have seen for the year of 2020, U.S. dollar weakness at the margin. I think against the Canadian dollar, Jack, it's off about 4 to 6%. Um, so, Jamie, uh, you love gold. Uh, 2021, what are your predictions for the precious yellow metal? Uh, and what's your preferred way of going long or short the stuff? Well, first of all, I, uh, thanks for the question and thanks for having me back. Um, I think gold will continue to go higher. Not necessarily be, because of, um, I, I agree with what the currency scenarios that you just put out, but also because central banks are stuck between a rock and a, on a hard place. They're going to do whatever it takes, and what, they, what it's going to take is just to print a lot of money. And that's going to devalue money. So I do expect gold to go higher. How am I playing it? I see gold and silver itself as money. So if I'm sitting on cash waiting, I'd rather sit on gold than cash because cash is devaluing uh, its purchasing power by the day because of the, um, the, the central bank activities. The real speculation, though, is in the producers themselves. I'm not talking about the explorers. Those are full speculation. But the producers right now are still trading at ridiculous value. Look at Kirk and Lake's earnings. Right. They just they're just beginning to price in nineteen hundred dollar gold. And because of their profitability, they've just increased the dividend by another 50 percent. And I think that's going to be the case for all of the producers. So for my clients, I like gold and silver producers because the silver producers are in the same boat uh, with good leverage, leverage to the upside of the commodity. And that's translating into really good earnings. And with a lot of the gold producers, Curtin Lake, uh, Ken Ross, Metalla, increases in dividend earnings. Uh, Metalla is a royalty, by the way, and that's the other safe way to go is with with royalty investments, i.e. more of a finance company where you own the production that's coming out of the ground. Well, there's the highest quality name in that space. If there's one I were to buy, uh, royalty, Franco. Franco, Franco. that is a very good... I, I, I look at the chart. I look at the tape. You know, I, I, don't, need, I don't need to look at a lot more. Uh, that is certainly, if you want to own gold, that I think is a very good idea. Um, cryptocurrency, uh, you know, it's the alternative, perhaps, to gold, store of value, global, easy to uh, transact in, sort of. Um, do, do you see it as a threat? And I'm, I'm going to be cute and say, hey, you can hold gold, but you can also hold cedar shingles. They're going up too. 
No, I don't see it as a threat, and I actually own high for my blockchain play. I see blockchain as a alternative to currency, which is the real problem. The problem is not gold. The problem is that currency today is not backed by anything tangible. So, and that's because since it's not backed by anything tangible, the central banks can just print it at will. What blockchain is, is a decentralized currency system outside of the control of the bankers. That's why I like it. It's a ledger, but from an electronic perspective, it's a decentralized currency system. And there, it doesn't compete with gold, is is an enhancement to the monetary system in that it gives us a currency, a measuring stick that can't be manipulated the way they do with currency. And I think that's the difference, that everybody confuses gold as money versus currency or the paper dollar as a currency. And that's where I make the distinction, and that's why I like blockchain. Again, it, it's, a, it, it's another sector. Um, <laughs> yes, it what is. Would you prefer, Jack, what would you prefer? Uh, in, or let me ask the question differently. Where do you think you and I should spend more time? Blockchain or precious metals? And I'm going to, before you answer the question, uh, you and I got that chart of every uh, GIX sector, uh, a.k.a. subsector in the market, and how it has performed over the last, I think, 100 years, uh, from telecom stocks to healthcare stocks to bank stocks, oil stocks. At the bottom of the list was gold. Uh, and I sent that to you, Jamie, and you said, well, gold supposed to hold value, not necessarily appreciate or depreciate. But, Jack, I want to speak to you because, again, in a few weeks, we're going to bring one of our friends on, Mr. Skirka. We're going to be speaking about blockchain and his uh, trading platform. Uh, Jack? I think it really comes down to, Wolf, um, for investors, it comes down to objectives, time horizon, risk tolerance, and doing things in moderation. So if you said to me, uh, put all my money in blockchain, I would say no way. If you said put all my money into gold, I, it's not uh, obviously a trade that I would do either. I wouldn't put all my assets in any one stock. So I think everything in moderation, I think that there is a place for alternative assets, whether it is uh, cryptocurrencies or gold. Uh, gold has proven to be a good store of value, especially in times of crisis. But I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket, Wolf. No, I, I, I would, but what, 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 I'm going to push you here, Jack. Which one do you prefer, gold or crypto? Uh, well, to kick off the show, you talked about gold being biblical as a store of value. So if I wanted to p- preserve um, wealth in a time of crisis, in a time of hyperinflation, I would go with gold because it's proven itself through the, uh, through the decades. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Jack. And COVID-19 has created a lot of Robin Hood traders. And uh, you're certainly seeing those who are looking for action moving towards the crypto space. And I'm seeing things on Instagram and, and, and social media uh, of, of youth uh, generating 50% returns in two days uh, trading crypto. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, so, yeah, uh, buyer beware and depends on your needs. So again, very, very good point, Jack. Um, Jamie, uh, final thoughts about uh, the yellow metal and uh, maybe one of your best ideas for 2021? Uh, well, just a final thought. I, I think it's important to understand that, you know, now we have guys like Warren Buffett coming into the trade. I think they're doing it for the same reason. They're not coming into gold because, you know, they, it's not something you buy and you hold it forever exactly for the same reason you said. But in terms of the times that are coming ahead, it's the best protection. For me, again, the, the, the solid producers that are still trading like gold is trading at 1400 I think represent a lot of value. We have a number of those in Canada, and Canada is the basis for global mining. So there's a lot of places to be looking for good value. 
Um, and there's a lot of leverage, right? I think the economic storm will get worse, not better anytime soon. And because of that, and I'm talking about the devaluation of the purchasing power of money. Uh, and because of that, I think it's it's necessary within anybody's portfolio. Ibbotson says 7 to 8% is the normal standard of asset allocation. I'm holding it much higher than that. Uh, indeed. Well, uh, again, there's many ways of uh, managing money, and uh, it does get down to the individual, uh, tailoring a portfolio based on their needs. Uh, Jamie, of course, is a unique individual, and I assume, therefore, your clients are probably reflective of your personality. And that they, it really gets down to that, Ajak. Eh, um, advisor and client must be able to see eye-to-eye and be on the same page with their macro views of the world. Uh, if that's not the case, they will it'll butt heads and the relationship will end. And I, I'm very, very pleased uh, to say that, that we have beautiful clients, uh, Jack and I, good people who we enjoy working with. It's an absolute treat and pleasure uh, to be taking care of those people. If you want to become one of those people, WolfgangKlein.com is where you can find us. Uh, if you're really keen on gold, call my friend Jamie Carrasco, and uh, he'd probably be more suitable to you. Uh, it is Saturday night, my good friends. It's about this time to say goodbye to you. I'm very sad to have to do that, but I want to wish you a safe weekend, and I want to wish you lots of prosperity. Jack, as always, thank you. Stay safe, my good friend. Jamie Carrasco, uh, Portfolio Manager at Canada Genuity Wealth Management, and a member of the Gold Round Table in my mind. All yeah, great weekend. Stay safe. We'll speak with you next week, right here on Global News Radio. 640 Toronto. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.